Hi everyone, today is August 8th, 2020. This is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for you good Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. This week, a lot of things going on. We'll talk about the KCGT main tournament. All the rulings are out about the tournament that is going to happen in about three weeks from now. Exactly three weeks from now. Um, scheduled happened August 29th. So the rules are out. They're subject to change a little, but we'll talk about that. Some esports going on. We'll talk about those tournaments. An emergency nerf. We'll talk about what card got nerfed and the deck. There's a lot of implications because I do play that deck. The Duel Links dev tweet question and answer. We're going to run through that pretty fast because there's not too much to unpack there. It's very interesting stuff, though. Uh, Leo and Luna's Dual Carnival. Two new cards there, and I'll tell you how I hate the Dual Carnival. Doug Dimmitt Duel has Kaylin Kessler, Aramidges, based on I Was Quicker Than You. And finally, we're going to finish off the box, Infernity Destruction. We'll talk about Weather Painters for Hires and a few Performa Pals. So, yeah, my week in the Dual World, I got to Legend 1, so Plat 6 and Plat 7 were pretty fast to get through with Witchcrafters. Um... I was playing the balanced version, which was my which is my main version, and I switched over to some show of nightmare builds that I've seen uh, win some tournaments. I've been playing versions with offerings to the doomed, notably. That's a card that I'm trying to use. It's you know skipping your draw phase is never a great thing, and I've found myself in some holes where um, I screw myself over. So. Trying to learn it more more than advance in uh, Legend since it's still early in the month. Uh, but things have changed, of course, in that regard. And I'm going to need to figure out a new way to play the deck. I have gotten Kaelin Kessler to level 33, so I can't even play Infernities yet. Uh, I've been buying some of the Infernity box just to clear out the gems that I have left over. And it seems like it's a pretty cheap deck, frankly based on the decks I've seen uh, win tournaments. So I guess I'll just have that deck in reserve, uh, build it slowly, and focus on Witchcrafters when, whenever that changes. So let's go to eSports. Duel Links Mania happened. This is the Duel Links of the Boys uh, podcast tournament. It happened last Saturday. First place Meme Maker, Meme Maker Switcheroo Invoked Neos. This has pretty much taken over as the main invoked deck now. Element Sabers have fallen off just as I predicted. And, you know, Volcanic Shell works really good with Switcheroo. It's a fire attribute, so you definitely need your Purgatrios. It's not it's not worth playing this deck if you only have uh, one Purgatrio. You need at least two, I'd say. But anyways, Volcanic Shell tutors itself, pays life points, and that helps towards Switcheroo. There's also the Neos package here, two Neos Fusion and uh, Elemental Hero Neos, three Keeper of Dragon Magic. I can't even think about playing this deck because I don't have any of these cards. And, you know, like any Invoke deck, you pack it with uh, your best trap cards. Karma Cut's popular, Raigeki Break, Ultimate Providence, Phoenix Chain. This one has all of the uh, pay-to-win cards in it. You typically put in your best trap cards. Just like it was in Element Savers. The, it's still a control deck. Second place, Zanga Hugo with Switcheroo. Predaplant Invoked Neos. This one just throws in the Predaplant package, which is very minimal. You have two of the Clamita Sundew. And a little less free-to-play here. There's two Phoenix Chain, but no Karma Cuts. Three Raigeki Breaks. Uh, Raigeki Break, of course, works well with the deck. In that you could discard a card and still use it for your Invocation. Up four Lima eleven hundred Show of Nightmares, Light Sworn Witchcrafters. A bit of old and new in this deck, which makes it interesting. Kiwi Magician Girl was a long afterthought. It was probably one of the first cards put in uh, Witchcrafter decks, and it hasn't really appeared uh, since. So it's back here. There's a little bit of the new with offerings to the Doom. Just one copy here. Two Storms. Um. There's an interesting thing going on in this deck. There's two uh, Shmeta, uh, two, Pator- two Shmeta, three Patori. 
And I think that has to be a free-to-play consideration. This guy bought through the box twice, and he only got two uh, Shmeta. Normally, you would just do the reverse with three Shmeta, two Pitori, but this one does the opposite. Sometimes you'll have three of both if you can do that. And top four, Dante KK, level reduction Black Wings. Level reduction is interesting. They do have uh, two copies of Harmonton to Dust, so um, I'm not really sure how the math works here, but um, Samoon's a six. Uh, most of the guys are fours. Six and four is uh, ten. They're all level sevens, though, so I'm not really sure. I don't really know. But, uh, yeah, level reduction. Battle phase 82. 83? 83. Bad? Alright. Wait. I think I did 82. No, these. I don't know these, uh. Oh, there's too many there's too many battle phases going on. And I only wrote the notes for one of them. And there's there's like three battle phases a week. It's kinda getting confusing, guys. Alright. Battle phase eighty two, first place, Shiny Sophion. Infernity, Inferno, Infernity. That's kind of a clunky uh, I just call it Infernity, but um this is like an early version of the build. It's probably one of the first uh, decks to place with Infernity. And it's a good thing because it shows that the deck is fairly easy to buy. In that this build has one Infernity, Archfiend, and three launchers. So basically you just have to buy through the box once. Um, and then a little bit more to get the launcher. If you get lucky in the SR uh, sale or whatever you get a launcher that'd be cool i got my third i got like my fourth barky on or something because i already got it from the selection box so um there goes mine but it's nice because you have those three you have those four cards there's three mirages and infernity beetle and then there's infernity barrier from level 40 and that's it that's nine cards out of 20 being infernity that means you have a ton of flex spots this is something we saw with Shirinui early on when they had very small cards in the co- in the core. So it's it's kind of I've been beat by this deck before, not this exact build, but it's a bit of a one turn kill deck. Infernities they just keep recycling the monsters over and over again until they got all their, all their synchro plays and they beat you. And the Hey True Nates here also prove a point, but um. There's a little bit, it's 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 one turn kill, but then there's a little bit of stall. In Sophion's deck, there's two Phoenix Chain, three Paleozo Canadia, two Bad Aim. So a lot of trap cards there. The deck that beat me had all of those cr- Winged Kribos and the Flute of Summoning Kribos and things like that. So um, there's a bit of a stall component, but then there's a quick, you know, once they have their pieces, they will just kill you type mentality here. Um, this deck also runs Heat Wave, so um, prevents some of their plays for the next turn, I guess. That, that's kind of what it does. And then the Synchro Package is mostly like level 6s, I've noticed. Brionic, Coral Dragon, Stardust Charge, White Aura. There's uh, Battle Wasp Hama, the Conquering Bow here, which is pretty good for one turn kills. Things like that. There's no one defined build right now, but it's a good thing that they only need one um, Archfiend and three launchers, and then the rest of them are free cards. Second place, Knee DX Shadow Game uh, Yosenju's. Very typical Yosenju deck. Plenty of stall. It's kind of the same thing with the um, with the Infernities, I'm, I'm thinking. They, they have some stall, and then they burst you down quickly. Top 4 Hyper Dive 411 Level Duplication Shirinui. Very typical deck. Um, they've survived the nerfs just fine. 2-1 Split Spectral Sword on Cosmic Cyclone. Um, nothing much to say there. And Top 4 Hexy Show of Nightmares Light Sworn Richcrafter. 29 card deck. Interesting there. Um, it doesn't run any level... A limit two cards. It's interesting. No, 
Econ, no Machine Angel Ritual. More consistency on the Witchcrafter spells and three copies of Storm, of course. Last tournament, Meta Weekly, Dueling's Meta Weekly 136. First place, Buns, Show of Nightmare, Light Sworn, Witchcrafter. Uh, let's see what we got here. Two Enemy Controller, three Storm, three Holiday, of course. Not of course, but three Holiday. Three Shmeta, three Patori. This has become the standard build, and it's why really the deck got nerfed. Um, there is a mistake in arrest in the side deck, so that's another possibility for the deck. Galaxy Cyclone offerings to the Doomed. Galaxy Cyclone works well as a graveyard card. Second place, Fakezix, Switcheroo, Mastero. Mastero is off the competitive list for now. This one kind of goes differently. It has a polymerization fusion substitute. In addition to the regular mass change. Top 4, Frieza, Switcheroo, Invoked Neos. Not much to say there. These decks pretty much look the same. And top 4, Tito, VQ, 96 level, Augmentation, Shirinoid. This is the Needle Sealing build. We haven't seen this one in a while. Uh, not much to say there. Alright, tier list update from Duelinks Meta. Black Wings have moved up to Tier 1, so we have Black Wings and Witchcrafters. I assume after the Witchcrafter nerf, there's going to be... Uh, Black Wings might be sold Tier 1 again, I'm not really sure. But, yeah. There you go. Tier 2 has unchanged. I guess Black Wings moved up, but Invoked Neos, Blue Eyes, and Shirinoi. Tier 3, we have the Demotion of Element Sabers. Finally, this is something we've seen coming for quite a bit of time. Gookies have been moved up from out of nowhere. I think they were they're like a tier four deck. Crystron's Dark Magicians, Ritual Beasts are still in tier three. With two new high potential decks, Infernities and the Weather Painters, and Masked Heroes have been dumped off the tier list. All right, let's talk about the rulings for the KCGT main tournament. These came out just yesterday, and it has specific implications. Today, because today is August 8th. So they have, you know, the 16 players. They're going to make a website, some kind of like profile for each player. So we're going to see who actually made it in a future episode. But what, right now we don't know because I think some people got disqualified for different reasons. Um, so they made this clarification on the rules. Duels may end in draws, but the winner of the match will always be decided. What does that mean? Well, there's three duels in a match. You always play best of three. That's kind of like a Yu-Gi-Oh rule. So you could draw. Draws are really rare in Yu-Gi-Oh, I think. But you could draw, and then you win the next two. You're, you won the match, right? You could draw two. Whoever wins the last one wins the duel and wins the match. So if you draw all three... Duels. I'm not sure what happens. Do they flip a coin? Do they keep playing till they win? Maybe. I think they keep playing till they win. But they say there's no draws in a match. There's a draw in a duel, but no draw in a match, if that makes any sense. You must play three decks. Okay, that's the next rule. Standard deck size, 20 to 30 cards, and then extra decks are six or less. So you're not bound to six cards. You could have zero if you want. You're playing Monarchs. Each deck has a le different legendary duelist with a different skill. So you're picking three different legendary duelists, three different skills. You can you can play a generic skill, but then the other guy can't play a generic skill. The other duelist cannot be using the same generic skill. So there you go. This is the big one here. Three copies of the same card across their decks. So all three decks... You can't run the same cards. No Econ in each deck, if that makes any sense. You can have an Econ in two, but it's only one of each. <laughs> um, I guess this hits those uh, really good trap cards. The Karma Cuts, the Venus Chains. Uh, and I actually really like this rule because it allows the lesser cards to play. Mirror Wall could come back. Wall of D could come back. 
any of these lesser trap cards and spell cards that were just generically good are going to come back. Sphere Kareebo is probably be back in some way. Bacon Saver is going to be there. Kite Roid is going to be there. Uh, so it depends. And I guess I forgot to say this. There ha- the limit rules go on each deck as well. So I think uh, if you use Kite Roid, you can't use the semi-limits in the other ones. So this does have specific implications if you're running like uh, Charge of the Light Brigade and Cosmic Cyclone. I don't think those cards can be used across all three decks. Here's another big rule. Cards, characters, and skills added after August 8th, 2020 cannot be used. Today is August 8th, 2020. So these dual carnival cards you can use. And I mean, it's not like you're crazy and you're going to use these dual carnival cards, but these are legal because they came out before, technically before August 8th, 2020. Um, but the cards from DD Castle Siege, which we're going to get in a few days, you can't use those cards. Any cards from Aigami that we're going to get, we can't use those cards. Uh, Kalen Kessler's legal, though, so because he was last week. So any of Kalen Kessler's skills, any cards from this Infernity box are all good. But today is the cutoff date. Today is it. There's nothing released today anyways, but you know, today's the cutoff. Single round elimination tournament in the top 16. Okay, we kind of get that. Uh, They're playing a match, those three duels. Each round is one match, best two out of three, of course. And this is another big rule. Duelists cannot use the deck they used in the duel for the rest of the match. You see different tournament things about the winner can't use the the deck. This one, no one can use the deck. So you're going to have to play all three decks unless you get knocked out in the first top two. If you lose the first two, you're not going to play the third. But every duel is going to be a different deck. So you, even the loser can't use their deck anymore. That's a pretty big rule. So that is it for the KCGT. We're going to know who made it. I mean, we know who made it already, but we're going to get confirmation about you know people getting disqualified or whatever. But I mean, we'll never know why people got disqualified, but you know, not everyone in the top 16 made it. There's a lot of people in that 4-2 cut in that preliminary situation uh, set that are going to make it. Alright. Emergency Light Sworn Witchcrafter nerf. This goes live August 20. It came out as a shock yesterday, frankly. I was, I was shocked. And as a Witchcrafter player, this, defect, this directly hits my team, so I am shocked. The one change in this whole nerf, it's really rare that they put one card on, but one card nerf of Witchcrafter Holiday being put on limit three. And, you know, clearly this is Light Sworn Witchcrafters, which has become the only way to play Witchcrafters. We're not playing um, Type Zero Burn, Type Zero Magic Crusher Burn anymore, but. Um, so, Charge of the Light Brigade and Witchcrafter Holiday are on the same limit three. And it's the most powerful spell to mill for the deck, so. Um, you know, Charge of the Light Brigade's important. Holiday's important. It's the best. It's the best um, Witchcrafter spell, and it works really well because everything's getting dumped into the graveyard, and Holiday resurrects from the graveyard. So that's why that happened. I can't see a situation where you split this three cards to zero in any way. I cannot see you running three Holidays and zero Charge of the Light Brigade. Or I cannot see three Charge of the Light Brigade and zero Holiday. Both situations are kind of crazy. Um, first of all, three Charge of the Light Brigade is stupid because you don't even use the third Charge of the Light Brigade. Usually, you only have two, which you have two Light Sworn cards in your deck. So the last one just becomes an extra hand ammunition, if you will, for Madame Vare. And then three Holidays and no. Charge of the Light Brigade. I can't see the deck not tutoring a Light Sworn, if that makes any sense. It just works so well with the deck. And then it's a disposal, too. So I'm going to see. So I, I totally expect a 1 to 2 or 2 to 1 split in some way. Now, 
uh, let's say you go with one charge of the light brigade and two holidays. I think this is this is my number one. Like I, I would prefer that. Um, there has to be a card to help you mill, and Monster Gate is typically the card that they use uh, to extra mill. Sometimes you haven't seen it a ton, but it does mill a good number of cards. And having one charge of light brigade should not affect the number of light sworn monsters you run. You shouldn't just like, oh, I'm going to cut down uh, all my light sworn cards because you're still going to pick between which one you use, and that's kind of the the menu about what you're doing. If you want to go into synchro play, you'll pick Minerva. If you want to knock out a back row, you can use Lila or something like that. Or you could just go back to uh, Raiden and Minerva and pick between those two. Hopefully, you'll have. Something to cover for Lila, like more storms or something. So, you should still run your Light Swarms with the reduced number of Charge of the Light Brigade. They still help you mill. They still are a synchro. They are tuners for your synchro menu. So, I would, I would not cut down on my Light Swarms. Nerva price still sticks as an automatic. Hard for the deck. Uh, Lila, uh, I'm not too sure about Lila, but Raiden could come back. Alright, let's say you go two Charge of the Light Brigade and one Holiday. There's going to be a lot of ways to... You're going to need some ways to recycle Holiday. I think Witchcrafter Patronus probably becomes a core card because you can recycle your banished spells. So you use Holiday, and then you also use Genie to banish Holiday... You activate Patronus, and then you can just recycle it back into your deck. So that's one way. Uh, Patronus probably becomes a core card, no matter what. And Witchcrafter Genie becomes more important for Graveyard Consistency, so you're going to run two Genies, I think. But at the same time, Genie gets worse. Like, with the reduced number of Holidays... There's going to be less of a chance of Genie and Holiday being in the graveyard at the same time. I don't think you're going to go overboard and run three Genies, but she becomes more important and less consistent at the same time. So that's what the, the consistency nerf hits at. Like you could say, oh, uh, this is doesn't really, this is barely a nerf to Witchcrafters, but there's a whole chain reaction about how you build the deck, and Genie is a card that's affected directly by this. Perhaps Genie into Unveiling becomes a bigger play. Let's say you've got your Madame Vares and your Edels in your hand. You're going to run your Unveilings. You're going to rely on that Unveiling play more often. I don't really like the Unveiling play, frankly. And then other spells. So with this limit 3, there's going to be two more cards. There's space for two more cards in the deck. Because you're going to run three of those. And wait, there's three more cards. Yeah. Excuse me, there's three more cards in the deck. It goes from six slots to to three slots. So Offerings to the Doomed is more important as a result. Storm is more important as a result. Those cards can be added for more consistency. If you're running three Storms, I don't think you need to run Lila because that's kind of enough things to hit the back row. Offerings to the Doomed... um, yeah, it's a removal. It's a Forbidden Lance, Spellbook of Wisdom, those kind of fall into the same book about um, protecting your monsters from effects, from spell effects. So those are possible cards. They kind of help uh, Madame Ver survive as well, so they can be used. Forbidden Lance, of course, can be used on your opponent to prevent certain plays, like Invoked, for example. So those two cards are in consideration. Nightbeam. Fire Formation, Gyaku, or other cards that hit the back row. Um, pretty solid cards on their own. Uh, they could be used. So, in terms of the dual skill, Show of Nightmares should still be the front runner. If you're reducing the number of Charge of the Light Brigade or Holiday, and you have like, not that many spells in the graveyard, you can increase your chances of getting it back. So, Show of Nightmares should still be the front running skill. But... Because this nerf gives three extra slots to the deck, Balance with Crafters could have an opening here. And um, you know, normally you would just run a couple of trap cards, the 
masterpiece or the patroness, but this three slots can let you run your traps. Um, Raikeki Break is a very common trap card that Balance Witchcrafter decks run, but if you're running Raikeki Break, you might as well run Karma Cut if you have it, Ultimate Providence or Divine Wrath, things like that. So things that discard into the graveyard to negate effects and destroy. Pretty good abilities. You could also run Cursed Seal of the Forbidden Spell, Chain Disappearance, Typhoon. You could you could put like your best trap cards and then you put your tech trap cards if that makes any sense. So overall this nerf hits at the consistency of Light Sworn Witchcrafters. Um I think I'm gonna spend some time building Witchcrafter so I could play it the new way. There's no point in playing it this way. Um, as an OP uh, OP deck and hitting King of Games too early. So I'm going to try to build a new Witchcrafter deck, struggle through Legend Ranks a little bit so I could learn it. Or maybe I could just wait till like 820 so I could hit King of Games with a real deck. But yeah, this is this is a big nerf just for one card. Yeah, it's not It's not nothing. It's a big nerf. Alright, let's talk about the Duel Links dev tweet. Question and answer. Duel Links dev... He's not a dev member, but he's part of the communications team, ProGrise. He sent out a tweet a couple weeks ago asking if anyone had any questions. So let me see if I have the tweet here. If you guys have any questions for the Duel Links dev team, leave a comment and we might answer them. So these things are really rare from Konami. And I jumped at the chance to look at it. I actually got my question answered, which is crazy because he didn't answer too many questions. So let's go through them. So uh, and a bunch of the answers were non-answers. He was like, I like this question. It didn't really answer the question. So my question was, will there be more transparency for balance changes and why they are made? It's kind of like, what? why did Witchcrafters get nerfed so fast? And he said... Balance changes usually come when there's a unanimous amount of feedback across all global communities. So this is interesting because I was under the impression that it was all kind of like Konami's running numbers about win percentages and usage rates on cards and archetypes and things like that. But this tweet makes it sound like there's feedback across all global communities. There's in-game surveys, I guess. There's people complaining on message boards. And... um. So it seems like he's he's saying that the Konami team values feedback more than anything than their own decisions. I'm sure there's some uh, validity to their own decisions because Dark Magician would have been nerfed a long time ago if they were just listening to feedback. It would have been nerfed in a week. But it makes it seem like they're listening to everyone. And of course, it's all global communities because Yu-Gi-Oh! is a worldwide game. So if you're stuck in the American scene and you're seeing American people complain about uh, Duel Links or seeing Brazilian people complain or Japanese people complain, he's saying they value feedback from all global communities. So everyone has to be complaining at once or something to get nerfed, I guess. Brendan Parker asked, what will happen with coins in-game? And Progrise says, Coins have been a topic of discussion for quite some time, but definitely worth mentioning again at some point. So there's this is close to a non-answer, but everyone is aware that coins are a problem. Hopefully something is done about coins because they are pretty bad and useless. Pretty useless currency. And, like, I've played a lot of card games, and coins are coins and duelings are like trash tier currency. Like, there's like I can't think of a currency that's worse than coins. <laughs> it's Bradaz HD asked. Con- he 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 put this whole thing out, so there's a lot of questions in Brad's uh, uh, tweet. But he asked about content creator and streamer benefits, like people unveiling cards or things like that. You know, like cert- like Hearthstone always had like a card reveal season where streamers would unveil the card. Progress says, community decided content would be awesome. I'm a big advocate of it. Definitely a good idea. I guess community decided content's like what... What's like the new event, I guess, or what characters come into the game. 
A lot of people asked about characters. Uh, let's see. Nihim Nim says, Do you feel power creep is a prevalent problem in the game? It seems with every new set, old strategies can tend to be to easily become obsolete. Do you plan on releasing more legacy support like the additional spellbook support released recently? Progress says, Speaking anecdotally, power creep has been an inherent nature of the evolution of any game, whether it be Yu-Gi-Oh! or any video game. Although I would love to see more legacy support, Dragon Rulers have been an obvious favorite of mine. Yeah, this is this is not really a Yu-Gi-Oh! issue. It's any game issue, and you need power creep to not be stale. Like, um, I know he answered the question, and I, you know, I get it. A Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG, no one's like playing vanilla monsters and <laughs> tributes, double summoning into one tribute monster or something, right? So. We needed to advance the game, I guess. Alec Noer says, Are you planning to support some streamers to do competitive tournaments with goodies to win? Duelong's Meta is a perfect streamer to sponsor, for example. Progrise says, Some streamers have already been partnered with, like Sleepy Gibbs and Guns Blazing. Sleepy Gibbs is um, Yummy Bakora. Duelong's Meta isn't out of the question either. It's just a matter of hashing things out. This is a very interesting tweet because I believe Yomi Bakura and Guns Blazing don't play Yu-Gi-Oh! at all anymore. Like, they don't play Duel Links. They're former players, but they're not playing anymore. So that means Konami sponsors nobody. Um, I know Konami doesn't give them money or whatever, but there's no one sponsored, and that kind of sucks because there's a lot of good Duel Links players out there, and they're just doing it for nothing. Like They're doing their own tournaments. There's no, there's no um, fostering of streamers. In Konami. And Duel Links meta, like Decade's Fade to, uh, Decade and Gia are with Fade to Karma already. So they're already self affiliated with a esports team. And that's how they make money. But I guess Konami has negotiated with Decade, but they haven't really they're they're hashing things out. But I guess Fade to Karma had a better offer, maybe. <laughs> Pyle Allen said, could we play as Kaiba, man? That'd be fun. Progress says, card is too OP. Uh, we already have Kaiba, man. We don't have Kaiba, man as a character. I think that's what Pyle Allen was talking about. Finally, this is a... This is like a sticking point tweet. This is kind of like the tweet that encapsulates the whole conversation. Tom Azod says, there is a ton of people who would like who would love to talk with the de- development team as there is no way of contacting them besides the in-game survey. I would like to ask the dev team if there is a possibility for anime-exclusive characters to join DM World. That's kind of like the first part is what I'm talking about. This tweet came out of the blue to ask questions, and there's no way to communicate with them. So this guy is the only link we have. Um, and then he's asking about characters. Uh, a lot of people asked about characters. I don't really care about characters, but... I guess they they collected all the feedback about who they want and things like that. I'm not sure if everyone even asked for Igami. Like they're just trying to promote that movie, but I'm sure there's like a million more characters that are more popular than Igami, but you know. Okay, so that's it for the Duel Links dev question and answer. Let's talk about the Duel Carnival. Two new cards here, and I'm going to say this right now. I hate the Duel Carnival. I I want this event to be retired. It forces you to play PvP light, and you have to, like, it takes a lot of time. You can't play it on the subway because you get disconnected all the time. You know, like, if it's a PvP event, it should be fun and a new rule. You're just playing regular ranked in... It's not like... They're all the meta decks, so it's not exactly the same, but a lot like seventy percent of people are playing meta decks and then everyone else is playing like some gold or plat rank deck. Like tier four deck like U Bell decks or something. Like who who wants to play into U Bell deck? But I think if you're playing if you're doing if Konami is listening, I think if you're doing a PvP event you should have completely different rules. Like, they're giving, like, a little field power bonus to fiends or to fairies right now. 
make a whole different rule. I loved um, those character duels. Those um, when there was a whole laddering system, like a special king, special cu- duels, king of games or something. That would have been cool. But this is just the same duels with a little field power bonus, and no one's even running that type, right? So time consuming and. I've barely gotten any points. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to get through this event. I want the gems, but I don't know if I'm going to get through it. The two new cards are kind of OG. Let's talk about them. Hayabusa Knight, level 3, Warrior, 1,700. This card can make a second attack during each battle phase. So both these cards are famous for one thing. This is the first card to attack twice. The first card in Yu-Gi-Oh, I think. Like, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is. Um... It was pretty good when you threw in like a lot of equip spells with it. So you could do like Axe of Fools or Power of the Guardians. Power of the Guardians can trigger twice. That's a nice card with this one. Because it's just a 1,000 attacker. So it doesn't really do much. Um, and it's pretty useless now. You just got to throw in all those equip spells to make it do anything. So that's that. Total Defense Shogun, level 6 Dark Warrior, 1550, 2500. This card's changed to defense when it is normal summoned or flip summoned successfully. This card can attack while it's in defense. If this card attacks while in defense, apply the attack of this card for damage calculation. So I believe this is also the first card to be able to attack while in defense. The most famous card we have in Duel Links is Coxidus. So Invoke Coxidus just does it better. I believe Cox is like a 1800, 2900. And then you're going to get a buff with Alistair and also the uh, Field Spell or whatever. If you're running Element Sabres, you don't have to run Element Sabres. But yeah, Total Defense Shogun is just another Legacy OG card. It would be nice with that Spike Shield Chain card. Spike Shield with Chain. Um, um, you know, something like uh, Concentrating Current. Makes it pretty good too. Be 4,000 attack. Yeah. Anything that made um, Coxus pretty good, Total Defense Shogun works with as well. That is it for the dual carnival cards. Alright. Doug Dimmaduel is here. He has Kalen Aramages. This is an idea that was floated on about his I was quicker than you skill, where the whoever gets to go first will get an automatic boost of 2,000 life points. And that just jives very well with Aramages. And Doug explains why even if you lose the coin flip, it's not the worst outcome either. So here is Doug's casual deck of the week with Kalen Aramages. Hey there, this is Doug Dimadul with Doug's Casual Deck of the Week. So this week I'm going with an Aroma deck that utilizes Kalen's new skill, you know, the new Kalen that we were able to unlock that's called I Was Quicker Than You. All right, at the beginning of the duel, recover the starting player's life points by 2,000. Usually with an Aroma deck, you want to have the higher life points. But with this one... You're not keeping that consistency with the skill because whoever has you know the coin toss and goes first gets the extra 2,000 life points. So the reason why this skill is beneficial, whether you start with the extra life points or not, is because of the one continuous spell card, Aroma Gardening. It has positive effects whether or not you have more life points or not than your opponent. But what really matters, you know, why this card comes in clutch is because when you have less life points than your opponent, uh, you're able to special summon an aroma monster from your deck, which is 
great. So, uh, really the card is, if you normal or special summon an aroma monster, except during the damage step, you can gain 1,000 life points. While an opponent's monster declares an attack, while your life points are lower than your opponent's, you can special summon one aroma monster from your deck. So, really your whole goal is to hopefully open with this card if you're starting with fewer life points than your opponent. It's not very consistent, which is why this is more of a casual deck. But I like to run my one copy of Aroma Garden, which is the field spell, where if you control an aroma monster, you gain 500 life points, and also all monsters you control gain 500 attack and defense until your opponent's next turn. Uh, Also, if a face-up aroma monster you control is destroyed by battle or card effect and sent to the graveyard, you gain 1,000 life points. For good measure, I run my two copies of Blessed Winds and two copies of Humid Winds, where Humid Winds, you can pay 1,000 life points to add an aroma monster from your deck to your hand. If your life points are lower than your opponent's, you can gain 500 life points. That comes in handy, too, if your opponent has the 2,000 uh, life point boost. You guys aren't going to have the exact same amount of life points, so you can still get that secondary effect from Humid Winds. And maybe if you have an Aromage uh, Rosemary on the field or, or even your Aromage uh, Kananga on the field, you're able to suddenly boost your life points by 500 and trigger one of their effects, which is great. Uh, Blessed Winds, you know, again, uh, you can send an Aroma Monster from your hand or field to gain 500 life points. You could shuffle an Aroma Monster back into the deck to gain 500 life points. Or, my favorite part of the effect, pay a 1,000 to special summon uh, one from the graveyard to the field, which is phenomenal. So, as far as monsters go, I want to make sure that my Aromage Rosemary, because of its ability to change the position of a face-up monster, uh, is one of the cards that I try to have and really start messing with your opponent by triggering some of these effects during your opponent's turn and switching your opponent's monsters from attack to defense position or vice versa. Uh, I'll run one copy of Aromage uh, Bergamot, which while your life points are higher than your opponent's, if plant-type monsters attack a defense position monster, you inflict piercing, and also once per turn, if you gain life points, this card does gain a thousand attack and defense. So this is kind of your, uh, you know, your closer here. This is how you're going to really do some damage. I also like to run a Romage uh, Marjoram, which is a level five, two thousand attack. Uh, you take no battle damage from attacks involving plant-type monsters as long as your life points are higher than your opponents, and uh, you could also. Uh, have one of the other two effects here. If you gain life points, target cards in your opponent's graveyard, up to the number of aroma monsters you control, and banish them. And also, when a plant-type monster you control is destroyed by battle, you can special summon this card from your hand, and then gain 500 life points. I'll also run two copies of uh, Aromas... uh, Let's see... Aromas or... Angelica, jeez, I can't speak today. Uh, it's the level one tuner where you can send it from your hand to the graveyard to gain life points equal to the attack of the monster that you target in the graveyard. But then also, if your life points are higher than your opponent's, you can then throw this monster back onto the field and get into one of your synchro plays. So my extra deck it includes the Rosemary. It includes a level seven Ancient Sacred Wyvern, which is great if you get if you have a whole bunch of life points higher than your opponent. Uh, you're able to really, really just crush it. I mean, just you can disguise the limit with the attack of that monster. Uh, then, just for good measure, my Bryonic Dragon of the Ice Barrier. Uh, then also Old Entity Hastor, which is a level four synchro, and then another level seven synchro of Samurai Destroyer. So, really, depending on the situation, you can get into any of these plays. You know, either a uh, you know level four synchro, level five synchro, a level six, or a level seven synchro. It's all possible with Angelica as your tuner. Then we have our Aromage uh, Jasmine, which is just, you know, I'll, I'll run two, uh, I'll run three copies of that one. It just allows you to burn through your deck real quick by drawing. Uh, anytime you gain life points, uh, you know, once per turn, you're able to draw a card off of the effect. And then also, as long as you have life points higher than your opponents, you're then able to summon another uh, Aroma Monster, which is fantastic. And then for good measure, you know, the Kananga, I'll run two copies of it because you're able to, whenever you gain life points, send cards, uh, you know, spells and traps back to your opponent's hand, which is a very underrated uh, skill to have with an effect for a monster. So that's basically the monsters that I run for the Aroma deck. Um, Yeah, this thing is just a lot of fun, but... Because you're running the I was quicker than you skill, you're guaranteed to not have the same amount of life points as your opponent. And that's really what this deck comes down to, because you're going to have positive effects if you have 
more life points, obviously. Probably you have more beneficial effects when you start with more life points than your opponent. But also there is some positive impact to immediately have uh, you know lower life points than your opponent as well, utilizing some of those other effects for aroma gardening and humid winds. So, you know, this is a very good deck that can you know, help you win on either way, but you can do a lot of shenanigans during your opponent's turn through the effects of your, you know, trap cards and through some of your monster effects. So, yeah, love playing around with this deck. And, you know, from a casual standpoint, this uh, skill from Kaelin is just a lot of fun. The I was quicker than you skill. I think it's a level up reward if I remember correctly. So you should all be able to get a copy of this skill. So try it out. Have some fun with it. And I'm sure there are going to be a lot more effective decks that utilize this skill than the one that I just came up with this week. But uh, yeah, I thought I'd share this one with you. And uh, yeah, just another fun casual deck. So uh, that's it for this week. I will see you next time. Take care. Alright, thanks Doug. You can check out Doug Dimidul's Casual Deck of the Week every week on this podcast. Check out his uh, Twitter account at Yu-Gi-Oh! Deck Talk for more things. Alright. Talk about finishing up this episode with the new box, Infernity Destruction. Talk about two of the archetypes briefly, and then the performance pals just a little bit. Some of the R&N Weather Painter cards. Weather Painter Sun is a level 3. Um, when it's in your graveyard, send a continuous spell or trap you control to the graveyard. Special summon it in defense. Then place a weather spell or trap from your hand face up in the spell or trap zone. And then um, when this is banished from the field to activate a weather effect, you can special summon this banished card. This is an interesting card. So you pay a face up spell or trap to resurrect this. And then you cheat out a card from the hand. So the main benefit of this is cheating out a trap card. And the main one you would do is Weather Fundery uh, Canvas. Because this lets you... This is like the main removal card for the archetype. And it's why the Weather Archetype is actually um, very high potential. Because they could just keep bouncing things. They just have so much removal potential with Thundery Canvas. And just keep bouncing. So the Sun... Let's you uh, get it from the hand. It's 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 better if you get it from the deck, but it's good to have multiple options to have it from hand or deck, depending on what you're playing. And then uh, comes back after you banish it. So um, the monsters you remove for the cost of the hard removal on your opponent gets to get recouped. So that's what's good about them. The Weather Painter Thunder. So this one you can send a continuous spell trap you control to the graveyard. Place a weather spell trap from the deck face up in your spell trap zone. And then when it's banished it comes back as well. This one um, doesn't resurrect from the graveyard automatically. But it tutors the card straight from the deck. So this works like um, weather painter snow also gets the card from the deck. So, you know, you could use these two cards in, in conjunction. The fu- Thunder actually has 1,700 attack, and the Snow doesn't have any attack. So this one is actually kind of useful um, in that regard. The Weather Cloudy Canvas. This is a continuous spell. Uh, the monsters get those abilities. You can banish this card, target one face of monster your opponent controls, um, have its current attack for the rest of the turn. But it can attack directly. Okay, so this, this one you do your own monsters. So basically what it is, is it gives all of your monsters the ability, kind of like um, Cyber Dark, I think. It's like um, Master Hero Anki or the uh, Ninja, Super Heavy Samurai Ninja, where they get to attack directly for half the attack. I don't think this is too useful for the deck because they're going to rely on the hard removal from Thundered Canvas. So this is a different, a bit of a different gameplay strategy there. The Weather Painter Rain. Um, if it's special summoned, you can 
Play a weather spell or trap from your hand. Face up. Yeah, this one's not that good. Inferior version of the sun. Because the sun... Um, sun just does it regardless. This one has to be special summoned. Weather painter cloud. If this is sent to the graveyard, target two weather spells in your graveyard. Place them face up. This is like a late game recovery. You would recycle two spells or traps in the graveyard. So that would be nice for the thundery canvas if it gets destroyed. But it's kind of moot if everyone's using Cosmic Cycle and they're banishing it instead of sending it to the graveyard. Weather Sunny Canvas. This is a continuous spell. Uh, the monsters... Let's see. In special summon a weather monster from your hand or graveyard. Okay, this is useful. You want to trigger like a special summon effect for certain cards. And Auroral Canvas is a continuous trap. This is another the other trap card with uh, Thundery Canvas. When one card is added to one player's hand, you can banish this card, banish the added card. If you do, that player draws one card. So this is an interesting disruption mechanic against tutoring effects. So let's say they draw, like Alistair draws Invocation. This would banish Invocation, but then they get to draw a different card. So it disrupts the play. Very interesting card. I don't think if it's, I don't think it's like a meta relevant card. It could be meta relevant, but it could be. I'm not sure if it does enough to the deck. If that makes any sense, like. I guess it's pretty good. I guess you get to disrupt a tutoring ability. Alright. Three for hire cards are added here. Philo Messenger for hire. Level 1, Winged Beast, zero, 0 During your main phase, you can special summon one monster for hire from your hand, except for Philo. If monster for hire is special summoned to your field, while you control this monster, you can target one monster for hire in your graveyard, special summon in defense. But place it in the bottom of the deck if it leaves the field. So this is interesting for potentially doing two special summons in a chain. Like you activate two effects in a chain. Um, this seems like it's like a leadoff card. If it's the second monster, it doesn't seem to have an ability. You normal summon it. You have a fur hire in hand and one in the graveyard. And then you, you get them both out. And then you could trigger both abilities, if that makes any sense. So you, if someone's trying to disrupt your play, you could kind of sandwich... You could stack your fur hire abilities so that the first one does not get disrupted and use the second one to take the blow, if that makes any sense. Um, fur hires are a bit of an aggro deck, so this one doesn't have any attack... Or defense, so that kind of hurts it, but it's useful if you want to get like Wiz out of the graveyard or something like that. Helmer, Helmsman for hire, level 3, Aqua, 0, attack, 2000 defense. During your main phase, you can special summon a monster for hire from your hand, except for Helmer. If a monster for hire is special summoned to the field while you have this monster, you can discard one for hire, draw one. So this is like a cycling card. You could draw one, discard one, no attack value at all, again, for the deck that is considered an aggro deck, so you would use this in moderation. Finally, Bravo for higher, level 4. Uh, Reptile, 1900-200. During your main phase, you can special summon a monster for higher from your hand, except for Bravo. If a monster for higher is special summoned to your field while you control this monster, you can have all monsters for higher gain 500 attack and defense until the end of the turn. Okay. This is the strongest for hire outside of Dino, so that makes it useful because I think Seal is 1,600, Beats 1,200, and the rest are even less. So Bravo is 1,900, pretty good. Um, you would special summon a monster. They all get 500. This is going to be 2,400. Dyna becomes 3,000. Wiz gets a defense buff if they're hitting into Wiz. So um, this, this looks like it's an important part of for hires. There's too many performance pals to talk about. I see at least like 20 for higher. I mean, 20 performance pal cards, but I'll just talk about the ones I like. 
Um, the Swordfish. When it's normal or special summoned monsters, your opponent controls lose 600 attack and defense. And then if you special summon a monster while you have this card, they lose another 600 attack and defense. So this could be like a permanent 1200 attack and defense debuff, which is interesting. The Friend Donkey. When this is normal summoned, you can special summon a level 4 or lower performer pal from your hand or graveyard. So this is kind of like your extra deck play. You could do like... I know performer pals are a pendulum mechanic, and I can't even tell you what constitutes a pendulum summon. I have no idea. But this could do like a... I don't think they have any tuners, so this can't really set up a synchro play, but this could set up XCs. You could get another level 3 from hand or graveyard. I like that it's hand or graveyard. And then you could do that um, rank 3 XCs summon. Uh, Flip Hippo is also a combo starter, but I think I like Friend Donkey better. Performer Pal Call. This is a trap card. Uh, when your opponent... Uh, when your opponent's monster declares a direct attack, target that attacking monster and negate the attack. If you do, add up to two performance pals from your deck to your hand, whose total defense is less than equal to the attack of the targeted monster. Until the end of your next turn, you cannot special summon monsters from the extra deck. So there's a big cost to this card. You can't play extra deck for like two turns, but it negates an attack, and you get to tutor two cards. So it's pretty good if this archetype can stall. Uh, Elephant Hammer. Let's see. Performer Pal Elephammer. Level 6 Beast. 2600, 1800. If you control two or more Performer Pal cards, you can normal summon this without tributing. Cannot attack unless you control another Performer Pal card. When this declares an attack, you can return all spells and traps your opponent controls to the hand. Big beater here. Could come out for free, but that's like a... It's like a 1 tribute 2600, which isn't too bad. It's like a normal... And then it's like, hey, true name with attacking, so that's pretty cool. Um, they kind of go all, all over the place. That's kind of weird. This archetype, like, it doesn't work. They, <laughs> there's too many cards, and they go all over the place. Yeah, I think that's it for... I think that's it for performance pals. I can't really say much about them. Yeah, that's gonna be it. So I am buying a little bit of this box just so I can play Infernities. I want to get my Archfiend. I want to get three copies of Launcher, maybe. And then I'll have another deck to play. And it seems pretty fun to play that deck. So I think that is it. I still haven't even talked about the two Rank Duels update cards. I think I'll save that for next week. Hopefully we'll have some more news about uh, everything else regarding the KCGT. We should have DD Castle Siege by the next week as well. Alright, so upcoming news, mid-August, DD Castle Siege, New York card, Darkness Destroyer, and SR Cocoon Veil. Dual Quest is also mid-August. Mid-August, Tag Dual Tournament, New UR Star Blast, SR card, Sacred Defense Barrier. Uh, Late-August Mission Circuit with uh, an old card. Late August, Raid Duel, Dimensional Disaster, Endor, Doom Vault, New Legendary Duelist, Aigami, and August 29th, the KCGT. So just just mapping it out the week, I guess. Um, DD Castle is going to happen next week. Probably late next week, because this, this stupid um, Duel Carnival like takes forever. So Then uh, DD Castle is going to be there. Tag Duel Tournament is going to be there. And then the... Um, Probably going to end by the 29th, though, so the KCGT can happen. Then we'll have new news for September, I guess. So that is it for the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Please uh, subscribe. Tell any of your friends to subscribe to the podcast. Check out more about the, on the website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com, or find me on Twitter, dual underscore assessment, me at Green Ranger CCG. All right? Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.